What is up, my podcast listeners? I'm really, really excited about today's episode because I am compiling, um, I think it's four episodes I put together because the last two that I put together of a compilation of them, um, which I explained in my other videos that, you know, I've had this podcast for ages and, you know, certain topics have been brought up over and over again and you know I want to do a better job of putting all my thoughts into one place because I kind of just ramble all over so one of the key things about you know cut the shit get fit is obviously weight loss and fat loss so I compiled um, some of my most popular uh, episodes in regards to nutrition supplements and even my current um, nutrition at the time and you know the first episode is actually like episode I think like 134 like it's so crazy and I remember looking this episode up to a point where uh, I had a video of it and it's like I have long hair and I am in my old place and it like flooded with so many memories but it also brought me to this whole idea that you know some of these episodes that I just brought up is like supplements 101 supplements 102 nutrition 101 and it's still the same stuff that I've been talking about for years and it just goes to show like nutrition doesn't need to be um, complicated or you know this elaborate plan that you see in like murder mystery documentary shows where they try to like pin one picture to another and location and it's like this giant board of information that you're trying to make sense of like that's not what nutrition is and I'm happy that I'm going back and looking through my old episodes and seeing which ones should be together. And I think this one's going to give a lot of clarity to people. It's going to give a lot of, um, you know, almost like a fre- like a breath of fresh air because we're all accustomed to bombardment of information online nonstop. So hearing something simple like in my Nutrition 101, Supplements 101, and even my own nutrition um, that I practice is going to give a little, you know, shed some light on the heated debate of supplements and um, nutrition out there. But for the most part, everyday Joe and Jane don't need really complicated solutions. They just need something simple that's easy it will take a lot of hard work, but when you get there, like, you're, you're going to hit your goals eventually. Um, so enough me blabbing about because I want to get right into it. But I will say, still working on my book. i just been so hammered down with so many things lately. And, you know, yesterday I took a, this is my day, I took a business course and got tattooed for five hours. Yesterday was a long day. And I still had to like, you know, maintain my emails and crap like that. So, you know, sometimes, some days where I go, fuck, I have way too much shit to get done. I just need to, you know, maybe push back my book uh, a little bit for editing. But it's honestly, everything is done. I just need to edit that thing and cut, copy, paste, dot the I's and T's or whatever they freaking say about writing books or contracts or whatever that reference is from and it's going to be done so I think realistically to have it all done well polished and good I think I'll be able to release it for January I know I said this fall but you know what January is more realistic for a lot of people to start training again you know I'm already looking forward to Christmas I'm one of those people um and I feel like 
I could probably get into a whole episode of just like random shit, um, which I'm actually going to do. I'm going to get my wife to interview me, um, not this weekend, but the following weekend of certain questions I get a lot online because I've been kind of compiling them and uh, I'm going to answer all of them. So if you guys have any questions you want answered on the show, let me know. And without further ado, here is a compilation of nutrition supplements and my own nutrition that I follow in one episode. Here we go. Um, So today what I want to go over is nutrition. Um, You know, I always tell people on my show to add me on Facebook or Instagram or what have you, and I always have this open communication because when I first started in the industry and I looked up to certain individuals, I would reach out and ask questions, and it felt so good for, you know, say someone that I looked up to for their work would actually take the time and answer me. And I remember telling myself that, you know, the one day that I have an audience big enough to actually care about what I do, I would make it a top priority that if anyone reached out to me, I would make sure I would respond to them within at least 24 hours. Because I do care about every single person that listens to the show because, you know, our time is valuable and you're taking, you know, say an hour of your time listening to a guest that I brought on or my little like solo episodes where I ran for 20 minutes and I hope that they actually get good. Um, it's important to me. Like the fact that you would want to do something like that speaks volumes. Um, so I had someone uh, add me on Facebook recently, big fan of the show, loves what I do, and he. Uh, suggested I do an episode on nutrition because I haven't really touched on that that much and in depth and maybe this could be like a series of different nutrition um, episodes and also supplementation which is a whole other topic so I think today I'm just going to jump into nutrition specifically how I coach nutrition um, for my clients in person and online and it always starts with it depends like every question I get whether it's nutrition or training it's really dependent on the individual so my whole process um, when I get a new client when it comes to coaching for nutrition I actually have I believe it's 27 pages of an intake form where it's gonna paint me a picture of what's going on in their life based around their eating habits and it touches on everything from like the mental side the social side your environment like everything so then I know what I'm working with but to make things a little bit more simpler based on what I see on the intake form I give them and you know our first couple chats together I get a sense of what is kind of going on in their life And before I used to just like give them homework and like this is what I want you to do. But recently, probably in this last year, I would always ask the question, what is like the one thing you think you can actually do to improve your health and eating that doesn't seem like such a far stretch that, you know, if you did it today, it was going to be a hit or miss all the time. And then they start thinking And it could be as simple as like, you know what, I don't drink enough water, so I think I'm gonna aim for one more glass a day. And I'm like, that sounds great. Let's make that our first priority. And I tend to lead people in the direction that they already wanna go to. And I'm just kind of like there to push them along. And I think that's kind of the best way to approach it. So anyone listening that's not a coach well you know what screw it as a coach you should listen to this because um, you never know you might pick this up and decide to start doing this with your clients but for all those people who are struggling with weight loss you know focus on one thing that you want to put a hundred percent effort in and it can be literally anything it can be as simple as you know adding one more glass of water per day 
or I want to hit 127 grams of protein per day as per my macros recommendation that I got from X, Y, and Z. Two different goals and focuses. One's really easy, one's pretty difficult depending on where the client is. So think about that as being your first priority. And I always coach habits. So I'm a huge, huge fan of Precision Nutrition and Georgie Fear, how they start off with like foundational habits that everyone should have. Because in our day and age with general population, they're constantly looking for the most difficult, most insane, most secretive form of nutrition to be successful. And the tough thing with that is you're gonna end up failing if you don't have a base, right? I always use this analogy of like, you know, playing hockey. If I told you that starting tomorrow, we're gonna put you on the ice with ice skates that you've never tried on, and you're gonna play against, you know, high level amateurs that are gonna make the pros, you're gonna fail miserably. And that's the same thing with nutrition where you find this, I don't even know, some diet that you found online or in a magazine that has all these restrictive rules and you go in there hoping for the best, like it's not gonna happen, it's gonna suck. But for some reason, people think that doing it that way is okay. But then my analogy with the hockey thing, if I told you to do that, to go play a, like an ice hockey game with amateurs trying to be professional, you'd look at me like, fuck off, like <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's the same thing. So let's build up foundational skills first so then when we put you on the ice and put you in a situation where you wanna do a difficult diet and succeed at it, you have all those fundamentals that you can just plug and play. So the few things that I always wanna get people going with is creating habits just like your everyday you know, activity. So when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth automatically, you don't think about it, it just happens. So that's how I want nutrition to be for all my clients that they don't think about it, it just happens. So typically, I always focus on protein first. The reason being is that when I get people to actually track their calories and macros, they tend to eat primarily all carbohydrates and fats and their protein ratio is like 20% at the most. And especially for women, it's so difficult for them to get protein. Like when I even ask them like, oh, what did you have for breakfast? They're like, oh, you know, I had some steel cut oats and blueberries. And then for lunch, I had some hummus and some veggies. And I'm like, where's the protein? Like there is some protein in those foods, but it's not enough to sustain you for high quality movement when you go to work out or rebuild or anything. So protein is kind of like the number one thing I follow to kind of start. And there's so much research on protein. Like the two that I always refer to is, you know, protein has the highest thermic effect compared to proteins. I mean, not proteins, compared to fats and carbs. And what that means is that the moment that you start consuming, say like a piece of chicken or steak, the amount of energy it takes for you to digest this, digest it is so much greater than you eating a piece of bread or some peanut butter. So you actually end up burning more calories just by eating protein. And when it comes to fat loss, you wanna be in a calorie deficit as much as possible to see that you know, weight come off. So wouldn't it just make more sense to kind of shift your dietary habits to more protein than just eating a lot of vegetables and hoping for the best? So that's where I kind of start. And you know, all of us are so freaking busy and you know, especially with mothers who have basically a taxi service of a life to drop one kid off to one sport, pick up another and go to the grocery store and do everything under the sun and this also works for you know any kind of CEO out there or, or someone who owns their own company that works 16 hour days and doesn't have like the mental capacities to start thinking about food I always kind of default to like let's just start with the protein shake and all of this sounds really really simple 
and it's on purpose. Like I want people to succeed rather than telling you I want you to make sure you have 30 grams of protein in every single meal, telling you instead, let's get you know a tub of protein powder and I want you to focus on one scoop a day. That's it. At least you have that these little simple things will be the building blocks to more advanced stuff. And if you've been following my work for a while, I like layering things from the most simple and then getting to the most advanced. So following that kind of protocol, I will, it's, you have a higher chance of succeeding. I think the worst thing for people is always failing at something like weight loss and it fucking sucks. I've been through it. And you know, when you fail, you don't really have that motivation to try again. You might go on a hiatus for six months and you're like, okay, well, I guess I should diet and do this shit again. And that repetitive pattern and cycle is taxing on your mental health. So the most simple little approaches, so you feel like you have momentum, is probably the best bet in order for you to succeed. So protein shake. Like, it doesn't have to be super complex, like water and protein powder. I have a handful of clients doing that right now, and all I want them to focus on is getting that one thing, compared to having 30 things of a list of foods that you cannot eat is gonna just fuck with their brain. So, that's one thing. When I get people used to always having a high protein um, diet, I wanna focus on vegetables. You know, we don't eat enough vegetables at all in our daily living, and we tend to, you know, go to like greens powders and any way to kind of cheat it. So the joke I always use with nutrition clients is, you know, show me a person who's overweight that eats only protein and uh, vegetables. There are none, right? So that's kind of the next step. I get people looking at their plate and I want half of it to be as many veggies as possible um, things like you know cut up vegetables and hummus or you know homemade tzatziki sauce it's awesome now the other thing I'm gonna backtrack to protein a lot of people have trouble getting that in so I like stacking protein so an example is you know you can get Greek yogurt you can get hemp hearts in there and also a scoop of protein powder. So I was telling this to another client the other day that the brand that I use is from Costco and per three-fourths of a cup, 100 calories, 17 grams of protein, you throw in a scoop of protein powder. My, like to the typical like protein powder average is about 30 grams, you're at already 37. And if you get three tablespoons of uh, hemp hearts in there, uh, that's 10 grams with the brand that I use, and that's already 47 grams of protein in one freaking meal. Like, you're golden, right? So start looking for foods that you can combine, so then your protein intake goes a little bit higher. And like another easy one is like a can of tuna, the one I have, 30 grams of protein, and then you can throw in two eggs, typical egg has about seven grams of protein, and if you combine all that together, you got an easy, um, 44, yeah, 44 grams of protein, like all simple stuff. It just takes a, like a little time to kind of figure this out. And then when you find the rhythm, it's just going to happen naturally. And, you know, going back to vegetables, like there's so many different ways to cook them, to make them taste good. Like just Google it. I always, when clients are having a tough time, I will spend the time to go on Google, find like 30 recipes that are healthy for people who have a tough time getting vegetables in, find it, download it, put it into your phone, go buy the ingredients, go do it. Um, and then the other thing too is I, that a lot of people don't think about for nutrition is sleep. So I kind of go back and forth between nutritional guidelines and also lifestyle guidelines. And most of us, I would say 90% of us don't get enough sleep. And if your sleep is fucked up, then your hormones are going to be fucked and then your eating cycles are going to be fucked. The research is there. If you have, you know, one night of bad sleep, second night of bad sleep, your whole circadian rhythm falls off, and then your body will get more hungry. You're gonna end up overeating, 
you're going to destroy your calorie deficit that you've been doing with your protein and vegetables and you're back to square one. So sometimes it's not as easy as like, I need you to eat these foods for you to lose weight. Let's look at your sleep. Sleep is huge. Sleep is king. If you're not getting seven to nine hours a night, you need to rethink what is, like what your priorities are in life. And you know, it's easier said than done, but again, let's make it really simple. Let's get 15 minutes extra of sleep. And that's just, all that means is like, let's get you into bed 15 minutes earlier than you did before. And again, like I love doing math and I did this with one client and he had a lot of trouble uh, getting sleep in. So I'm like, okay, say it's five days a week where you work at your office. If you got 15 minutes on every single day there, over a month you would have this much extra sleep. Over a year you would get this much extra sleep. And because he's a numbers guy, he's like, oh shit, like that's a big difference with only 15 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't have to be like, you need to get two hours starting tomorrow. Let's break them down in small little habits. And usually that 15 minutes comes from stop watching Netflix, stop scrolling through your phone and looking at dumb shit, and let's focus on your health. Um, those are kind of the fundamentals when it comes to coaching nutrition for me. And I don't wanna make this episode super long, so I'm gonna cut it right here. And maybe I'll do like a part two where I'll, I uh, show you how I coach to get a little bit more specific. And maybe I can even use a case study with one of my clients and kind of show the progression, sorry, and give you an inside look of how nutrition actually looks like and not this like idea that you know, you're gonna do a diet for eight weeks and it's gonna change your entire life. So hopefully this sheds some light on what real nutrition looks like. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and for those who are struggling with weight loss, like take a second to listen to this. Don't give up. I've been through what you've been through. I've been through that struggle where you've tried multiple times and you're like, what the fuck? Why is this happening to me? I just wanna lose this weight. Just keep grinding it out and I promise you, you will be successful in the end. Just trust the process, be patient and be consistent. I promise you, you will get there. That's it for me. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. So, now we got that out of the way, I want to touch on supplements. First things first, when a brand new client asks me what supplements should I take, the first thing I tell them is, let's look at your nutrition, right? Supplements are to supplement what you're not getting in your diet. And a lot of people fall victim to, you know, the marketing they see online, people talking about protein shakes all the time. And in reality, you don't really need those things. But living in a world where everything is not as it used to be, a good example is all of our soil. The levels of, you know, like magnesium and all the minerals and vitamins that we used to get from our farmers have gone down drastically in the last 40 years. So you're gonna start seeing supplements being, I, at least I think, a really important um, aspect of healthy living. Um, I try and I try to always advocate, you know, you wanna eat whole foods, you want to stay away from processed crap because who knows, right? And the one thing when people ask me about supplements is they they almost look at it as an escape to, you know, outrun their bad diet. And I just don't want people to think that, yeah, you should take this supplement, this supplement, this supplement, and that's going to, like, fix all your issues. But in reality, you know food should be your number one priority. But let's, you know, clean the slate, say you're eating pretty well, you're trying your best, and let's say 80% of the time you're eating really well. Yes, let's go look at supplements right now. I wouldn't, you know, throw supplements with a brand new person who's just getting started, but you know, say you have a couple months under your belt, 
or you know it took you a year to finally figure out that eating chips and coke for breakfast is not the best choice um the first thing i advocate is protein shakes because one it's super easy just to get that to start your day and you know there's so many different supplement brands out there and it's hard to choose now depending on where you are in the world at least here in Canada and I believe in the United States is the FDA has some really really weird um, rules regulations so here's an example if I wanted to start a supplement company today I wouldn't have to go through trials of you know on animals or on people I can just right away market it to people and sell it which is kind of like crazy um, I can say that my protein powder has the best you know crap put into it I have this and that and make all these claims that other protein brands don't have and it doesn't have to get checked which is crazy and I could easily put in half of what I say and no one would know any different and a great place to check out is examine.com they do a lot of research on supplements and if you are worried about what your brand you're currently using I would go out to your computer your phone and check examine.com and see if they've written an article or created their own research on your particular brand so um, the other interesting thing I believe they did either on branch chain amino acids or protein powder to see if actually the amount of protein uh, advertised was actually in their product and they took five major brands put them through some um, tests and all of them uh, on average uh, whatever you know grams of protein they had it was anywhere from five to seven grams less so that is crazy so you have to be you kind of have to do your due diligence to know if you're actually getting say your 25 grams of protein per scoop um, the other crazy thing that I've learned about supplements is that when they do studies about supplements it's only based on one supplement not when you're using other things so think about this most people on average use five to seven supplements a day and that can include your protein powder multivitamin fish oils like all pre-workouts everything so you actually don't know if that combination is actually safe for consumption a little scary and then you think about like bodybuilders who do like stacks of like ephedrine and a pre-workout and this and that and you're like holy shit what are you doing to your body um but safe bet find a protein powder that doesn't give you an upset stomach that's the major thing that a lot of people complain about is they try you know a protein powder it's either too sweet it doesn't like sit well and when they consume it and they go work out they feel like it want to throw up so there's different you know um, brands out there that say your lactose intolerant away protein concentrate might not be the best and if you're getting your protein powder from Costco that's on sale for bulk it's probably not the best quality so you know I would go on Amazon and look at different options go read up some articles and reviews and try them again protein powder is very individual so make sure you you know try different brands and see what works best for you now the other option is um, you know vegan protein powders <sighs> you got to be careful with these because most of them taste like shit you know there's things where you can get protein powder from I think it's like pumpkin seeds alfalfa um, hemp there's soy there's so many different combinations a brand that I like to use that I found that doesn't taste like complete horseshit is Vega um, if you're new to vegan options go with their sport line it tastes a little bit better uh, whereas if you go with their Vega one where it's like almost like a meal replacement shake 
Uh, they throw in a lot of greens powder in there, and that's where it kind of tastes kind of off. I always get, you know, if clients are going to try a vegan option for whatever reason, I would get them to the Sport because it tastes less horrible. But the Sport line, any kind of vegan um, protein powder, in fact, is really chalky compared to regular away concentrate and then when you have to shake it you have to shake it really really freaking well so you don't get these giant clumps of protein powder and then when you drink it and it's still together you might even cough out like dried protein powder so try a bunch see what works for you see what tastes great for you the reason why I always go back to Vega is that when I trained a handful of Paralympic uh, swimmers they had a list of supplements they could and couldn't have. And it was a long list. And basically it was three brands of protein powder they were allowed to have, and one of them was Vega. So in my head, I was like, okay, if the Olympics allows my athletes to use Vega, there's obviously something in there that is good for human consumption. Whereas other brands that didn't make the list, I was like, hmm, I'm interested to see what substances in there that the Olympic Committee did not like. So you have to almost think about it. Um, the other thing with protein powders is I use them, you know, after workouts. Um, I use them to help clients who are really, really struggling to get their protein up, especially women. And I just tell them, just have one protein shake a day. Like, just go for it. And that you know, takes that 25 to 30 grams to the next level for them. And now they're eating sufficient amounts. And then guys that I train that own their own businesses or CEOs, they have no time to be like, all right, so I'm going to make food. I'm going to pack it up and go into my office and eat it. And even when they get to that point, they don't eat it at their office. So I tell them, buy a big ass tub of protein powder, put it on your fucking desk with a shaker cup. And your goal is to have one of those a day. I don't care when, just have them. Just getting the habit and routine of having a protein shake will help in the long run. It's just actually doing it. Um, the other supplement I want to um, talk about is brand chain amino acids. You know, for the longest time I've been taking them because I do intermittent fasting. And then with the newest stuff coming out in research with Alan Aragon, that is actually a better choice to actually go with a protein shake. So I kind of stopped doing branch chain amino acids and, you know, went towards um, protein powder instead. And the other thing, if you are using branch chain amino acids, look at what's in it because most of the time there's a lot of filler. And when I took branch chain amino acids, I took them in pill form. There's no flavoring, no nothing. But if you actually get a powder with flavoring, like look at the sugar content. There's a shit ton in there. Look at the coloring that they put in there and you'd be surprised how many color numbers are in there. And if you look at the research, all those you know fake colors that have numbers attached to them are not the best for human consumption and they may lead to cancer. So I tend to stay away from those and I kind of give that same advice to my clients. Um, the other thing that I bring up is my um, like multivitamin I take and also um, fish oil. So multivitamin, I think everyone should take a multivitamin. Like, like I said before, all of our soil that our food grows out of sucks compared to what it was, you know, 40 years ago. So we are deficient in um, that. And I also... For myself personally, I take a lot of vitamin D during the winter months because out here in Vancouver, we are on the 49th parallel and speaking to Kamal Patel, who works for Examine, he was saying essentially anyone from the Californian border and up are basically vitamin D deficient. So if you're in a place that doesn't get a lot of sunshine during the year, I'd highly recommend going with vitamin D. Um, you know, where I live, we probably get cloudy and rainy days, 300 days out of the year. And when the sun comes out, 
it's like, oh my God, it's so glorious. And then after one day of sun, we all complain about how hot it is. And like other parts of the world is so freaking hot compared to where Vancouver is. But anyway, vitamin D is something you should look into um, if you're living somewhere where you don't get a lot of sunshine and that will help a lot, especially for mental health. Like me personally, like waking up in the morning super early and there's freaking dark outside and then all day it stays dark because we don't get sun. I get depressed and I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do anything. Vitamin D does help. Um, fish oils, another great supplement to have, um, from brain function to like better just human function. Um, I could go into so much detail with fish oil, but to keep this podcast short, I highly recommend to also go to examine.com and check out every single article they've ever written about fish oils. Um, just remember brain health. It's great. If you don't eat a lot of fish in your diet, fish oils is the way to go. And again, quality control. I know for a fact that Examine has a great article on certain brands that are higher quality. So again, FDA rules, they're kind of spotty. And if I wanted to create, you know, a fish oil brand today, I could, and I could use the cheapest fish oil out there to can produce and market. So make sure you check your brands. Um, the other thing I want to touch on is creatine. Um, if you are an individual who's been training for a while and is getting really serious about strength, creatine is actually a great way to go. And a lot of people um, get misinformed that creatine is bad for you, but it's actually the most research supplement out there compared to protein. And every single time they do a study, it actually shows improvement in uh, human performance. So I highly, highly recommend if you are serious about training, creatine would be great, you know, five grams a day on training days and make sure you go with the creatine monohydrate and not, um, you know, a supplement that throws in a bunch of fillers and crap like that. You got to be really careful with the brands that you choose. So I literally go to my grocery store and they have a giant tub like this that um, is just pure creatine monohydrate and by itself tastes like shit. So I put it into my protein shake and you won't taste it at all. And that's where I'm going to leave it off because I want this to be a supplement 101 and maybe I will do a 102 um, later on to get in depth with certain things because we're already at 20 minutes and I got to jet out of here. But if you guys have any more questions about um, supplements, hey, let me know. What I want to talk about is supplements. So I think I did only one episode on supplements way, 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 way back. And I want to revisit it because it's a topic that everyone has an opinion on. Everyone has, you know, their own way to supplement, their own way of doing things. So this kind of all sparked from a question I got from one of my patients on my opinion on pre-workout. Now, I think I'm going to start at that point because like pre-workout, honestly, I, when I first started in the industry and I worked at a big box gym and everyone was doing bodybuilding shit, you name any brand out there, I probably took their pre-workout. And Honestly, I've never really had the benefit of pre-workout. The clients that, you know, have taken it didn't really notice a difference. But yet again, I'm one of those people that could have coffee at 10 p.m. at night and go to sleep right away. So I don't get any kind of effect from it. And there goes my phone. So... <laughs> The thing that I see a lot is a lot of times people will um, kind of develop a uh, tolerance to it. And 
I feel that a lot of times when it comes to the supplement game, and I'm going to try to grab my phone and I'm just going to hold it. Hopefully I don't get pulled over. Um, well, there you go. Again, everyone is an individual. So personally, in my career of 10 years of training clients, I have not seen the benefit for myself taking a pre-workout or my clients. So that being said, should you take it? Who knows? Most of the time when you look at pre-workout supplements, there's going to be at least 100 to 200 calories per scoop of whatever the crap there is. And if your primary goal is fat loss, why would you want to add a couple more hundred calories to your daily intake where you could have just eaten a little bit more, you know? When it comes to energy, I would almost go down a more natural route. So why don't you just caffeine? If you look at the ingredients of most of these pre-workouts, that's the main ingredient. It's like 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's all you really need. When you look at all the other crap that they put in there, stuff that you can't really pronounce, that's worrisome for me, you know? A lot of times, and again, it's different in different parts of the world, but at least here in Canada and the United States, when you get into the supplement game, you don't necessarily have to go through like clinical trials of human beings in order for you to sell your product. So that being said, it's a little scary when you're reading the label and you're like, okay, I can see there's caffeine, there's some other things that I've noticed and other protein powders, there might be some like electrolytes and all that other crap, but most of it you can't even pronounce and it's like now you're putting something in your body that you have no clue what it is and for me personally, I just... I rather know what I'm putting my you know, body through. Like, are my organs going to have a tough time filtering all this crap? You know, am I going to have some adverse effect to it? Or am I going to have an effect to it down the road? Is this going to destroy my gut health? Is it going to destroy the gut flora, the probiotics that are in there? Like, is it going to destroy all the bacteria in my gut that's good for me? Like, these are all the things you should be asking yourself. So that being said, you know, I've used more natural pre-workouts where they have things like, you know, something like uh, Devil's Claw, which is a plant that produces a little more energy as well. But for me, I, I always keep it simple, like just like my nutrition, just keep it simple. If you want energy before a workout, just have some freaking coffee. Like you don't need some sugar filled thing and like this is the other thing I remember reading a great article through examine.com where they took the five biggest um, protein brands out there and wanted to test to actually see if the amount of grams of protein that they were um, advertising actually held true and all five of these major protein brands that you can go get at any like GNC or any kind of um, supplement store, they all fail miserably. Like they were usually about five to seven grams off from what they were advertising. And then this is the other scary thing with the supplement industry is that you don't actually have to have whatever you say in your supplement. You can say, yeah, I have 30 grams of protein in this um, protein shake brand, but you can put 20 if you really want to. Like, that's some scary shit. So, you know, personally, I don't really take any supplements at all. Like, nothing. Like, I'll go through phases where I'll have protein shakes, but right at this moment, I'm not really feeling it. The only kind of supplements I'm taking 
are some natural ones that my wife uh, told me to take based on what she's learning from school. And for those who don't know, she's in med school right now, um, becoming a naturopathic doctor. So things like fish oils and things like adrenal support, things like magnesium, things like um, like a, mito- a mitochondrial booster, those are the things I'm taking right now. Again, all created from natural sources, aka naturopaths will go down a natural source, right? When you start mass producing supplements, who knows if it's coming from a good source? Who knows if um, it's gone through any kind of trial, right? When you look at the supplement industry on the whole, like walk into any supplement store, there are thousands of different pre-workouts BCAAs, there's post-workout stuff, there's electrolytes, there's so much crap out there and there's so many other brands that compete against each other and they don't have to go through any kind of, you know, processing, quality control, whatever. The only time where the FDA actually looks at a supplement brand is if it causes some serious health issues. So if you look back into the 90s when hydroxycut was a huge thing that almost everyone was taking, they started having reported cases of people having seizures. And then hydroxycut kind of stepped back. They had to reformulate everything. And now they kind of came back. Like you can still find their shit in like Walmart and any other big chain like that in the supplement um, section. So my whole take on supplements is like, if you're not hitting um, the basic needs of your nutrition, there's no point of taking supplements at this point. Especially if you can't you know, commit yourself to eating like 12 servings of vegetables a day and eating protein at every single meal, having good carbs and drinking at least 12 glasses of water and sleeping eight hours every single day, then you have no business getting into supplements. Like it's called a supplement because it's supplementing something you're not getting in. Now, if you wanted something specific of like what you should be taking, this is where I always refer out to a naturopathic doctor that has a lot of experience when it comes to um, prescribing supplements. And a lot of times it's like they'll hit three major things is some sort of fish oil, some sort of magnesium, and some sort of like adrenal support because those are the three major things that everyone kind of lacks. And it also depends on the quality that gets put into there. But here's the other thing that most people don't think about. Most of these supplements have to go through your digestive system and what happens if you don't actually have a healthy digestive system your body's not going to absorb the nutrients from the pills you're taking the powders you're taking you name it it's just gonna filter through and you might take you know one-fourth of the benefit and now you're paying maybe a hundred bucks a month on supplements that you're not actually, you know, absorbing the way they should, right? And like, I've learned so much about gut health this past three years. Like, if your gut is not functioning the way it should, it's not uptaking any kind of nutrients from your food. So people that always feel tired, low energy, they might have some sort of gut issue, you know, sometimes you need to take a step back further and really hammer out the fundamentals on, you know, gut health. Because everything that you ingest with your mouth has to go through a whole process in order to absorb the proteins, the carbs, the fats, the minerals out of every single food that we eat in order for our bodies to function. But if you don't feel like you're at your optimal level of performance, 
then how are you supposed to support your um, goals of fat loss and weight loss or even muscle gain if you can't even simply absorb the food that you're eating? And now you're layering on top supplements that you're paying pretty high dollar for. You're not really getting the benefit. So it all starts with the fundamentals, not only when it comes to exercise, but also when it comes to eating and having good gut health. You know, like a book that I read probably two years ago that was super eye-opening, but also made real, real simple sense is the mind-gut health uh, connection. And you need, I highly, highly recommend reading that to understand where I'm coming from when it comes to should you take supplements or not. You know, I could go on and on about the benefits of protein powder and creatine and all those things, but they don't mean anything to anyone unless their gut is at 100% to be able to absorb those supplements to give you the benefit. So, you know, long story short, supplements have their role. Supplements can help a lot when it comes to your health, but if you don't have a gut that can actually absorb it, there's no point, right? So a lot of times people, this this happens in my industry a lot, people look at steps like 17, 18, 19 before mastering one, mastering like steps one through five. They always do this, you know, like I'll get questions where clients ask me like, oh, how many grams of sugar should I be eating per day? And I'm like, bro, you don't even eat vegetables. Why are you thinking about that? You know what I mean? Like that's equivalent to you like, all right, so when I make a million dollars, where what should I invest with it? It's like, how about you pay off your credit card debt first before you start thinking about investing money you don't have? That's literally the best analogy I can give you in this point. When people start worrying about nutritional steps that they don't actually need to worry about. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, this whole fat loss and nutrition thing, people go beyond what they're supposed to all the time. When really it's like the basics. Always go back to the basics. I can't stress that enough. Right? Like, I would not try to start investing a million dollars when really I should start putting a hundred bucks a month away in my bank account. Like simple, simple things like that. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you for listening to me ramble about today. I'm going to talk about myself. That's right. Um, because I had a question sent to me, I think it was through Instagram or an email, I can't remember, but a lot of people wonder what the hell I do for nutrition. (laughs) So I also kind of came up with this idea because a couple weeks back, and I actually just posted it today, uh, the link to a podcast interview that I was on, and the host asked me what I do for nutrition, and Really, I don't really talk about my nutrition because it's boring as fuck. It's not complicated. Kind of like how I spew my nutrition advice all the time. Like, keep it simple. That's all it is. Anyway, um, to give an idea of what I do. So I do intermittent fasting. And the reason why I do intermittent fasting, because um, probably eight years ago now, when I was obsessed with everything precision nutrition and following John Berardi's work like a hawk, he wrote a blog post about him experimenting with intermittent fasting. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like not eating when you first wake up, like that's crazy. That's that's blasphemy, you know? Like breakfast is the most important, important, uh, the most important meal of the day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it for a month, see how it goes. And from there, never stopped. It just worked really, really well in my life and how I structured my life. So how I eat is I eat breakfast, not breakfast, like my first meal at um, 12 p.m. 
Sometimes it go a little bit later. Sometimes it go a little bit earlier. Not a big deal. And then my last meal is at 8 p.m. So two meals a day, and that's it. Like, it's not rocket science. And then when it comes to, like, specifics of what I eat, I eat a shit ton of protein. And right now, I'm not very precise. Last year, I was really precise with what I was putting in my body. Um, But because of COVID and the whole world turning upside down, I kind of, like, got a little bit, I'm not lazy, just not as attention to detail. So I just make sure that every time I have food in front of me, majority of the plate is filled with protein. The other majority is vegetables and some sort of carbohydrate, be it bread, rice, noodles, whatever the fuck it, I cooked along with my wife for the week, that's what I have. And as long as I you know, have a huge amount of protein and veggies, I'm happy. You know, and you know, lately, hard liquor. Why not? You know, I'll alternate between tequila and rum. That's that's literally the secret of what I eat. So now you probably want some more context. Raph, aren't you super freaking hungry all the time though? Eating only two meals and not eating until twelve when you wake up. No, and I'll tell you why. When I first started intermittent fasting eight years ago. The first two weeks were fucking terrible. I was hungry all the time and angry. But on the flip side, I was also waking up at 4.30 every day to go train clients first thing in the morning. And again, when you're up for longer, your body's like system starts working a little bit earlier than usual. So your hormones are going to start working and sending signals and things like that. So the longer you're awake, technically you should be, you know, eating more. So that first two weeks was fucking terrible. All my hunger hormones were just going off the fucking rails to tell me to eat. But I tried my best to always hit that 12 PM mark. Now, there is a, such a thing where you can re-regulate your hormones because remember, your body likes to be on a cycle. It likes to be on a predictable schedule. You throw it off the schedule, fuck, red alerts, red alarms go off like crazy and your body doesn't know what the fuck is going on, right? That's why your body does really well when you tend to eat the same things with high nutrition value, go to sleep around the same time and get enough adequate sleep it likes to be exercised every single day like it's not rocket science like feed the body what it needs and it's gonna do its thing so after that initial like shock phase because my body thinks I'm like starving and dying um, it slowly started like getting quieter with those you know red alerts to a point where I always would get hungry like within 20 minutes of that 12 o'clock time period and then I'll just eat And sometimes, like, I tell people, like, self-experiment when you do diets. Like, when I had um, this idea to do intermittent fasting, I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And worst case scenario, if I get hungry, I'll just eat. So I think in the first couple days, like, I made it three hours in before I'm like, holy shit, I need to eat. Like, hunger is not an emergency, you know? It's similar to, like, and I've said this before in my podcast, Like, that feeling, you're like, oh, shit, I need to go to the bathroom and take a piss. Like, you're not going to pee your pants right there when you feel it the first time. You can, like, get the message and be like, okay, brain, I gotcha, but I'm not going to go pee right now because I'm watching a movie and I don't want to miss anything. And then the signal will come again a little bit later, and then you hold it again, then you get the signal again, and you're like, okay, I'm going to pee, and then you go. You know what I mean? Hunger is the same way. When you get that initial hunger response, your body's not going to die. It's just telling you that, hey, you should look for food pretty soon here. And you can, you know, quiet that a lot before you really need to eat something. So when I got past that barrier, like I re, you know, tuned my body to get hungry at a certain time and just knows that every day at around 12 o'clock, I'm going to eat and it's good became a habit 
and that's it. And, you know, intermittent fasting, when it first came out, when some bloggers found out about it, they started saying how it's like a biohack of your body and how you can be more productive and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, kind of, not really. But I get where they're getting at because when I started doing intermittent fasting, I was able to like just wake up, get coffee, go to work, bang out like five to six hours of clients, then eat. I didn't have to worry about getting to work, eating a breakfast burrito, wherever the hell I had at the time, and then, you know, go on the training floor, be starving two hours in, have my client on the treadmill for three minutes, and then run back into the staff room down a fucking shake where you almost want to throw up and then you're back on the floor and then you're hungry again around lunchtime in this case I didn't have to sweat that I just drank a shit ton of water coffee black coffee by the way and that was it like it just worked with my schedule now if I liked food for example in the first thing in the morning then it's going to be a harder sell for myself or for a client that wants to do intermittent fasting or on the flip side say someone who feels nauseous when they don't eat first thing in the morning then yeah they should eat in the morning right it all kind of depends on your body I find a lot of times people overanalyze any diet out there like find what works for your body like if you're a type of person that enjoys waking up having something to eat having some coffee and then doing your thing then fucking do it like as long as you're in a calorie deficit you're gonna lose weight and that's the nice thing about intermittent fasting too is like the chances of you overeating is pretty slim to none and eating two meals a day within say maintenance calories those meals tend to be a lot bigger than like your four to five a day or six because that's what you read in a men's health magazine right so it's a little bit more visually appealing and it doesn't feel like you're on a diet too right so I tend to eat two really big meals a day but again I work out five days a week and right now I'm teaching five kin stretch classes a week so I have 10 hours of activity so I kind of need those extra calories right now and honestly, my clothes have been fitting better and everything. So I'm on the right path. Um, to kind of put more context into how I'm eating every day, I alternate between protein. So like a couple days it's fish. The other days it's just eggs and a protein shake. Some other meals is like pork, chicken, um, like any kind of meat you can think of, I kind of alternate because my wife hates eating the same thing, so we alternate a lot. Um, vegetables. I've been super lazy right now with prepping vegetables, so I literally get the bags from Costco of broccoli and cauliflower and packaged hummus. And I can literally eat that every single day, no problem. And then... I also have like green beans, those frozen vegetables that you just like boil, saute, boom, down, just just downing my freaking, um, <laughs> I just passed by a property and there's a straight up performance with a dude acting like Elvis. What the fuck? That's so random. Um, yeah, like I just keep it simple. And during the times between my meals, I'm either drinking black coffee or some sort of herbal tea because I've been really into teas lately. And even after my last meal at 8 p.m. or even like 7 because like who the fuck cares if you eat an hour earlier like I'm not going to explode or anything. I'll drink chamomile tea right before bed. Like people sometimes just want to eat because they're bored. They have nothing else to do. And like this is why a lot of people during the lockdown for COVID they gained weight it's because like they're sitting at home bored they're like oh you know i can eat and it was only like 90 minutes since your last meal or like they're watching a movie on netflix they already ate dinner but they're gonna go through a whole fucking bag of popcorn or chips like these are the things like if you look back in the day before we had all this industrialization of our world you didn't always think about eating you're always doing something you're always busy right remember when you were a kid back in the day where you could just like 
go outside all day, play with your friends, and your mom would call you back home to eat dinner, and you're like, oh my god, I have to go home and eat dinner and stop playing with my friends? Like, your body can go without food for a very long time. And the traditional, like, intermittent fasting, actually circling back to that, is... Um, that guy was taking a selfie on the freaking bus um, bus stop in the reflection to show off his mask. Man, today is just freaking awesome. Anyway, um, is to experiment with a 24-hour fast. And I've done that. I've actually done a 36-hour fast, and I was fine. Like, yeah, I was, like, hunger came and went, but I wasn't dying, right? Your body can go to extreme lengths when it comes to nutrition. But... That being said, that's kind of a, an overview of what I do for food, right? Sometimes, like, I've experimented where, you know, it's my time for dinner, last meal of the day, and I'm like, honestly, I'm not that hungry. And then what happens is I'm like, you know what? Let's go to a point where I see if I actually have to eat. And I've done this multiple times where I've um, gone to bed without dinner. And then the next day, around 12 o'clock, I felt true hunger. I was like, oh, damn, like I'm actually really hungry, right? So experiment with your body and how you eat. Like there's no clear rules of what you need to do and what not to do. So that's going to be it for now. Like, I feel like I could have like spoken about this topic for like an hour. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Um, share this podcast with your friends and family. Give me a five-star review and I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome.